Welcome. Welcome in to Sports Talk Chicago. All gas, no brakes. If you're looking for the same old sports talk, get out. You've come to the wrong place. Hey, we ain't come this far just to come this far, you hear me? I tell you what I see, I tell you the truth. We going hard today. We're fearless, bold, and highly opinionated. This here show. This show is so hot right now. The biggest guests, the hottest takes, and the best interviews live right here. Do you actually remind me of Dan Patrick? Because you ask great questions, you have the knack, you have the gift. On Sports Talk Chicago. Yo, Chicago. Here's your host. The guy's an absolute stud. John Zagul. Wait, did the Bears moving in Naperville? Sports Talk Chicago. Here with John's Glow. Appreciate you tuning in. Subscribe to the channel for more Bears content. Follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago. Subscribe to the podcast at Sports Talk Chicago. Help out our sponsor, Amish Country Farms in Orland Park. This is not a joke. This is not a drill. According to new reports, late last week, the Bears have been in talks with Naperville to build a new stadium. Official quote from the Bears. They say Arlington Heights Stadium is, quote, no longer our singular focus. Thank you, Kevin Warren. (laughs) Says here, quote, It's our responsibility to listen to other municipalities in Chicagoland about potential locations that can deliver on this transformational opportunity for our fans, our club, and the state of Illinois. Spokesperson for Naperville Mayor Scott Worley has said that, quote, Scott Worley reached out to the Chicago Bears organization to introduce as a thriving community with multiple opportunities for business investment, Naperville. So the Naperville Bears, is this going to be a real thing or not? I feel like this is just a negotiating ploy for the Bears. But here's what troubles me about this entire situation. And I understand other teams have done this, Rams specifically, in recent memory. I get the shopping around, asking other municipalities, trying to find the best deal. But the more you do this, the less good you look as a franchise, as a business, because the Bears are, more than anything, a business. I understand wanting to leave Chicago. Chicago sucks. Got Chicago Park District helping you out. I mean, they're the only team currently that has a public park district maintaining their field. That's a fact. I get wanting to leave Chicago. Bad parking, bad experience, horrible area. Understood. But you already committed and bought the land to Arlington Heights. Now you're talking to Naperville. You might want to talk to other communities. What the hell are you doing? Where are you going to be? Where are you going to play? What is the message that you're trying to send to your fans here? Fans do not want to hear this. Fans didn't want to hear about Arlington Heights, but they were okay with it after time of massaging the message and starting demolitions, economic opportunity, et cetera, et cetera. Nobody wants to hear, hey, wait a minute, they're not actually going to go to Arlington. Now they're going to go to Naperville. Oh, by the way, if the Bears ask for taxpayer money to build this stadium, nobody's going to be happy. Nor do I blame anybody for having to deal with that. What is the message? What is the strategy? What is the plan? Arlington Heights, beautiful suburb. But most importantly, they have the land and the resources available to build and maintain a giant-ass football stadium. I know Naperville. I work around Naperville. I know the area backwards and forwards. I have no idea where they're going to put a stadium. (laughs) I have no idea where that's going to go. I don't know of any spot in Naperville with 100 acres ready to buy and to build a brand new stadium and parking and amenities. I just don't know where that's going to go. And many of you who are watching know the Naperville area very well. It's not like they really need an economic boost. 
nobody there is struggling. If you have a business in Naperville, you're part of an elite company. You don't need help. That may sound controversial or wrong, but it's true. You do not need help if you have a business in Naperville. So don't give me the BS about, hey, oh, to raise all these tides and every business will be helped. Naperville, trust me, does not need extra help. They are fine. And they're going to be fine moving forward. So the economic argument out the door. The space argument's a big question. I literally have no idea where they're going to build a stadium out there. And on top of it, the Bears have bought the Arlington racetrack. It is the Bears' property. So if they don't build there, what are they going to do with the land? Resell it? Fine. But just start a demolition. You bought the area. You told everybody inadvertently, but really directly, we're moving to Arlington. Now what? Selfishly, as I work around Naperville, it'd be fun to see the Bears move there and have a stadium and see how things change. But is it best for every single Bears fan? Is it best for the Bears themselves? Answer is no, in my opinion. You are mistreating your fans. And you're going to a place that may not even have enough room to house you, let alone doesn't need your help. Naperville does not need the Bears' help, and the Bears don't need Naperville's help. Naperville may not even have enough space to house the Bears. And you already found a spot. Messaging is important in this case. You need people to know where you're going to be, and you need to know now. There can't be any ambiguity or changing because it'll look sloppy and dumb to the public. It looks like that right now. This looks sloppy and dumb. What are you going to do next? Talk to many other municipalities? Like when the Cubs were talking to Rosemont to build a stadium? Give me a break. What, are you going to go to Rosemont next? What, Tinley Park, Orland, Oak Brook? Where are you going to go next? It just looks so bad. I suggest the Bears have already bought the property. They own it. Build the damn stadium where there's room to build a damn stadium. Build a stadium in a place in which there is buy-in from everybody. And I know some people aren't happy about Arlington Heights, but at the end of the day, you have put out enough content to say, to suggest it's going to be there too bad. And people will come. People come to Lake Forest for a training camp. used to be in Bourbon A when I was a kid. I used to go down, down there all the time. Switched it, fine. People still go. Same thing here. People will come to Bears games if it's in Arlington Heights. You are not going to lose fandom, ticket sales, and a team populace. You will not. I just don't get this shift and all of a sudden Naperville being in the running. Naperville is beautiful, nice area. If you're on a weekend, go with your family, you'll enjoy it, I guarantee it. But the Bears have bought the Arlington Heights race course, 326 acres, $197.2 million for the property. That's happened. The money's been paid, and the acreage has been assigned. I dare anybody who lives in Naperville or knows the area as well as I do to tell me where there are 330 acres available for a stadium in Naperville. Somebody tell me where there are 330 acres available today to build a brand new NFL stadium. Where? Where are they going to go without probably destroying other businesses and even homes? Would you rather have that? 
Would you rather the Bears go to the government, ask for eminent domain, tear down people's homes in which they've been living for 50, hundreds of years maybe, to build a damn football stadium? My guess is nobody wants that. But that's what you'd have to do because Naperville is so built up. It is ascending in terms of economic value and property and homeownership. Economically speaking, you will have to tear down businesses and homes to accommodate this stadium in Naperville. Anybody support that? I don't see any hands. You have been gifted for $200 million, 330 acres. Use it. Use it. Use what's been given to you. Or find a place comparable that has the acreage available. Don't go somewhere where nothing's available. Don't go somewhere where you have to create acreage. Because what that means is you're going to be hurting other people. And some of this stuff is bigger than football. Nobody should be displaced or hurt economically or places being put out of business to accommodate a football stadium. I mean, come on. This is still a society, as George Costanza would say. We're a society. (laughs) We can't be going to those lengths for a damn football stadium. I don't care if it's the Bears or any other team. It's dumb. Keep Arlington Heights, keep the land that you own and the demolition that's currently ongoing. What are you going to do? Have that as a sunk cost? You're going to build a new practice facility out there? I mean, 330 acres, $200 million. Come on, guys. You know, I supported Kevin Warren coming in to be the mayor's president. I like Kevin Warren and respect him as an executive, but this one I have to admit, I'm scratching my head on. And maybe it's just some sort of bargaining ploy and you're going public with it to get Arlington Heights and Cook County scared, which is fine. But please make the right decision and please don't actually go through with this because more harm, I think, will come from this than good. Of course, Naperville wants it. Why not? More money, more lining people's pockets, more business as if they already don't have enough. This is not the right move. Stay where you said you were going to go because you've been hyping this up for years already. You've told everybody we're going to Arlington Heights. And although there's been some pushback, everyone's accepted it. And it's been fine. Now, don't switch up on everybody again. Don't flush $200 million down the drain in land costs when that should have been spent on players. Don't make dumb decisions, Bears. Stay in Arlington for the long term. Well, for once, the national media may be supporting the Bears. Sports Talk Chicago here for John's Glow. Appreciate you tuning in. Subscribe to the channel for more Bears content. Follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago and support our sponsor, Amish Country Farms in Orland Park. Yes, I did say what I just said. The national media, to an extent, is supporting the Bears. And it's not ESPN because they never do. It's Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated came out recently with a list of 100 bold predictions for the 2023 NFL season. Three of them involved the Bears. So we're going to go through each one of them 
and see whether or not they're achievable. But I have to say this author of this piece, which is Connor Orr in Sports Illustrated, was very generous towards the Bears. Maybe he didn't want to be hated on Twitter. First bold prediction is that Justin Fields will have more than 40 total touchdowns. Very interesting. I think it's doable. Here's what he said, quote, I don't think this is a brave prediction by any stretch. Even if Fields scored only 25 total touchdowns last year, the Bears got better everywhere offensively, and at the very minimum, it's going to further stress a defense that still has to account for Fields leaving the pocket. Luke Getze, who will get a head coaching job after this year, that's scary, gets to keep a supported Fields with the year of the scheme under his belt. Yeah, I could see this happening. And we've talked about this a number of times. What are fair expectations for Justin Fields in 2023? I think 40 touchdowns are lofty but doable. I'm not going to hold Justin to, hey, you better be an MVP candidate in order to impress me in year three. 40 total touchdowns would be MVP worthy. And if he gets to that number, there has to be a fair conversation about where does Fields sit in the MVP race. I think that's a very fair argument to make. But I could see 25 passing and 10 rushing touchdowns. That's not impossible at all for Fields in a full season with the new offense and being in year two under Luke Getze. I could totally see that. So this one's not too far out there, and I could actually support this uh, to an extent. Now, if Fields doesn't get 40 total touchdowns, is he a failure? No. If he doesn't get to 30, we may have a problem. But as I said a couple of weeks ago when we did some baseline predictions for Fields, and we're going to have a more complete video on that as the season gets going, but right now in early June, Fields should have 25 passing touchdowns next year. I don't think that's out of the norm or too much to ask. He should have maybe 3,500 passing yards, maybe 1,000 rushing yards, and how about 10 rushing touchdowns? I think those are all fair numbers, achievable numbers for Fields, and those, I would also say, are conservative. He could do much more with the weaponry he has offensively. Am I wrong? The Bears have three solid number one slash number two wide receivers. They have depth at that position for once. They have a three-headed monster running back. They're going to have Fields. Cole Komet's back. Tunyon was signed at tight end. They have a solid offense. Darnell Wright's being drafted. Braxton Jones is in year two. This is going to be a good offense for once. And Luke Getze, most importantly, is in year two of deploying his scheme with this team. There's going to be continuity, understanding, and not constant change. This is doable. And I like this prediction. Second one, which has to do with the Bears here. Neither Bijan Robinson nor Jameer Gibbs, who is the running back for the Lions, we talked about him last video, will lead all rookies in rushing. It says in the article here that this prediction isn't focused exclusively on the Bears, but Roshan Johnson was mentioned among rookie running backs who could surprise as the leading rusher among rookies. Very interesting considering we've already brought this up. Here's the quote from Sports Illustrated. Looking beyond the two first-round picks, I think there are truly some boom candidates, especially in the second through fourth-round group. That includes Roshan Johnson. Roshan Johnson could lead the Bears in rushing, according to Sports Illustrated, and I have to say this one's right on point. 
I could not agree more with this statement. As I had said when the Bears drafted Roshan Johnson, we did a follow-up video. It is entirely possible that by week six, week seven, week eight, he's the Bears RB1. And that's not because he should be like some of these first-round picks. It's because he could earn it, and he's good enough to earn it and be better than what the Bears have on their roster right now. Khalil Herbert, mainly, and Deontay Foreman. And I think the first couple of weeks, it's going to be an RB by committee basis. Everyone's going to get similar amount of carries, and someone's going to have to stand out to really become the RB1. Roshan is the youngest of the group. I can guarantee you he's going to be a better pass blocker and better pass catcher than Khalil Herbert, which puts him over him. And Deontay Foreman's old. I really believe Roshan could be the RB1 by the time week six, week seven, or week eight comes around. And at that point, he will end up leading the Bears in rushing. So this prediction, seemingly bold at the surface, is actually doable. And for diehard Bears fans who've been following what the Bears have done in the draft, and who know who Roshan Johnson is, this is not a surprise to anyone. Corey Wooten on this network said the same thing, former Bears player, and I believe the same thing from day one. Roshan Johnson has the potential to be the Bears' RB1 by midseason. And I love how it said here, neither Bijan Robinson, who was ahead of Roshan in college, nor Jameer Gibbs, who was drafted by the Lions in round one to replace David Montgomery, will lead all rookies in rushing. This author believes both those two guys who were drafted in the first round will not lead all rookies in rushing. Instead, they're suggesting, potentially, among others, Roshan Johnson. That is a pretty bold claim. That's why it's called a bold predictions article. But it's pretty bold. And Bears fans, in my opinion, should be excited about hearing that. This is doable. This could happen. And really, I love the foresight of Connor Orr in this article because he understands what the Bears have done with Roshan, what their current situation is, and what Roshan could be as an RB1. Not a lot of other people have talked about this. Everyone's more fascinated by the wide receiving group, offensive line, other draft picks. Roshan Johnson has not been talked about and he will be come week seven or eight next year, guarantee. Final one of this group involves Chase Claypool, who really needs a bounce back year in his second year with the Bears. Claypool will score the longest non-kickoff return touchdown of the season. Hmm, interesting. Or believes that Claypool will score the longest non-kickoff return touchdown of the season on a bootleg throwback dangerously, brilliantly, called inside the Bears' two-yard line. So he thinks that the Bears are going to be inside their own two. There's going to be a bootleg throwback to Claypool. He's going to go 98 yards to the house for a touchdown. Now this one's more of, okay, and this is really bold. <laughs> I don't know how accurate this one's going to be, but I will say this about Chase Claypool in general. He needs to have a rebound year. And this one play is not going to make or break it, but in general, Claypool needs to improve this season. My opinion, there are very little excuses for his performance last year. Now, granted, he came in midseason, had to learn a new offense, but he was not one of Justin Fields' preferred targets. He has a lot of work to do to become one of those guys. 
You have to learn a new offense. He better be ready for Luke Getze week one, and he better be ready for Justin Fields week one. James Claypool has a lot of work to do. Like, a lot of work. We saw Claypool get 1,200 receiving yards in a season in Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger, who's on his last legs. There is no reason why he can't get 1,000 yards in a Bears uniform. None. And there were problems hinted at as to why his tenure in Pittsburgh ended. Can't be having those same problems here. Got to turn it on and be better in 2023. The Bears gave up, essentially, a first-round pick for Claypool. No, it was a second-rounder, but with all the trading and all the things that happened, turned into a late first-round pick for this guy. I mean, come on. He has to be better in 2023, and my hope is that he is. So, those are three bold predictions about the Bears. I would encourage you to comment and see which one you think is most doable. I think the Justin Fields one makes a ton of sense, and I think Rojo... Leading, the, leading all rookies in rushing, not just the team, makes even more sense. Watch out for Roshan Johnson. We're going to keep saying this all offseason into early in the season. Watch out for Roshan Johnson. If I'm wrong, fine, but I'll die on his hill right now. There's a lot to like, and the opportunity, although it doesn't look like it, is wide open for the taking for him. If I were a rookie... And I was this highly touted, despite being a late-round draft pick, and I know I'm cheaper than somebody like Foreman or Herbert, I would not be intimidated nor worried. I'd do my best to win the job. I would not be intimidated by Deontay Foreman. No offense to him, but just he's not a household name. You're not competing against David Montgomery, Ezekiel Elliott, who now himself has even had some issues. I mean, you're not competing against somebody who's just going to blow you away. This race, this Position is wide open as of today. Roshan Johnson could have it easily by midseason, maybe even earlier. That's why it makes sense that he could lead all rookies in rushing. He will be used if he earns his spot. I think he will. Matt Eberflus says the Bears are connected to free agents. Could one of them be DeAndre Hopkins? Sports Talk Chicago. Here with John Zagulow. Appreciate you tuning in. Subscribe to the channel for more Bears coverage. Follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago. And support our sponsor, Amish Country Farms. They're in Orland Park. Hit them up today for the best Amish food in all of Chicagoland. Matt Eberflus has come out and said something very interesting, both that nobody really picked up upon too much. It wasn't highly publicized, highly talked about, but I have a feeling he's alluding to a couple of specific players, mainly one who just got released a few weeks ago by the Arizona Cardinals. Matt Eberflus was asked about potentially adding to the Bears in free agency, including an edge rusher and a wide receiver. Matt Eberflus said this in response, quote, We're interested in a lot of free agents. We're interested in a lot of guys at all positions right now, all positions. We're just excited about being able to look at those guys and potentially add as we go through camp and get closer to the season. Very, very interesting. Not direct. But he did say all positions. So he didn't just say edge rusher. Everybody's so worried about edge rusher. I understand. I get it. Bears don't have a legit one right now. There are players out there, including former Bear Leonard Floyd, Justin Houston, Frank Clark also. Maybe the Bears will get one of them. They need one of them. But here's the more interesting part. DeAndre Hopkins is now officially a free agent. Hopkins was cut a few weeks ago by Arizona. And Bears fans have always had an infatuation, understandably, with Hopkins. 
earlier this offseason, the Bears, the Bears and their fans were asking to make a trade to get Hopkins. I didn't like it. Can't be giving up a first-round pick for a 31-year-old wide receiver. But the tables have turned. Hopkins is a free agent, free to sign anywhere, will not cost tons of money, really break the bank, and he's coming off a year in which he only played nine games. 717 yards, though, in those nine games. DeAndre Hopkins, even at his age, is, in my opinion, a WR1. He is a number one wide receiver. Even though he hasn't put up 1,000 yards since 2020, his past two years have been cut short by injuries and suspension for PED use. But DeAndre Hopkins is a stud of a player, even at 31 years old. He may not be DeAndre Hopkins of his Houston Texans days, but I could easily see Hopkins put up 1,000 or even 1,100 yards in a Bears uniform, and you might be able to get him for a discount. And you bring in a stud, big wide receiver who could go up and make catches for Justin Fields. And I'll tell you what, you bring in Hopkins, you have Hopkins, Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool. My goodness, you all of a sudden become one of the best wide receiving cores in football. Matt Eberflus said it. Although the question was mainly about edge rushers, he's open to all free agents at all positions. Where are the Bears right now when it comes to DeAndre Hopkins is my question. And where are the fans, too? All of you were asking and pegging for DeAndre Hopkins later last year, earlier this year, but where are you now? We should be sounding the alarm immediately for this one. The whole problem in the past, and the reason why I didn't support it and why others didn't, probably including the Bears, is trade value. There is very little that I would want to give up to get a 31-year-old DeAndre Hopkins on the trade market. I would not be interested in giving up picks or other players or having to pay for his old contract, potentially, when he's 31 years old and said the last two seasons cut short by injury or suspension. Not worth it. I don't blame him, though, either. I mean, Arizona's been a really tough place to be in these past couple of seasons. Been very dark, just like here in Chicago. What I like about Hopkins, though, is he didn't say, I want to leave because I hate losing. Not like David Montgomery. Hopkins is out of his contract, and he's looking to play to compete and to win. Although some may not believe it at this point, the Bears are kind of ready to compete and win. They are. May not be apparent, may not be obvious, may not smack you in the face, but this team can be 500, no doubt, in 2023 minimum, I should say. It's possible that they could do even better. And this is just one of the beginning years of Justin Fields and Luke Getze working together. The Bears getting their act together offensively and defensively spending more money on stars, and still having money left over. The Bears are in a great position, and this is only the first year of many prosperous ones to come. Why wouldn't DeAndre Hopkins want to be a part of that? Why would he not be interested in that sort of opportunity? I think it's very possible and very smart for the Bears to bring him aboard. Matt Eberflus said it. He didn't say, we're just looking at edge rushers. All we want is an edge rusher. That's all we're targeting. He said, quote, all free agents at all positions. Nothing specific. Not, we just want one person, tunnel vision, no, everything. 
We're looking all over the place because the Bears know, as well as everybody else, they have other holes besides just an edge rusher. They could use another wide receiver. They could use more help in the secondary. They can use another offensive lineman, mainly a center. They could use a wide receiver. They can use all these things. And every team has a list of needs still. Nobody's perfect right now. Nobody's all set in stone. But the Bears still have money to spend. Free agency is technically still ongoing. And the season doesn't begin until September. It's only June. They're still three and a half, four months away from opening up their season. They have time to make a change, to bring in somebody. And I'm making the case today for specifically DeAndre Hopkins. Not being a fanboy here. Not one of those crazy Bears fans saying, please bring him in, I need him. No, I'm being realistic with the situation. You have enough money to spend. He's missed the past couple of two seasons, been cut short due to injury. He's a solid WR1, no doubt one healthy. He won't break the bank, and he's available without having to give up any draft capital. The Bears do not have to make a trade to get him. They don't have to worry about paying his contract. They don't have to worry about pleasing another GM or another team. He's just there waiting. Pay him $8, 10000000 million for a one-year deal and bring him in. Invest in Justin Fields again in direct play. Bring in a real stud wide receiver. This signing, in my opinion, would even outdwarf the DJ Moore trade. DeAndre Hopkins is better than DJ Moore even. You could have four solid wide receivers to the point where EQ St. Brown would never freaking see the field, and that'd be great. He'd be a five, and he'd be in on blocks and special teams, and he'd never play. That should be the goal if you're the Bears. Never have EQ St. Brown play. There's a great opportunity here to bring in a top-rated wide receiver. That's exciting. That should be something they should take seriously. Don't know if it's going to happen. Don't know the likelihood. And don't know who specifically Matt Eberflus was referring to in that quote. Now, if he's talking about edge rushers again, Justin Houston, Frank Clark, Leonard Floyd, still on the market, that's great. Any one of them would be good signings and would certainly help this defense. But if we're talking about wide receiver, if we're looking into that market, because the Bears could still use one more, DeAndre Hopkins would be smart. Budget signing, no need to negotiate with other teams, and a real opportunity for him to be the WR1 right away on a team that already has three WR1As slash twos. It's exciting. It's a different idea. It's something to think about, and I think the Bears should get it done. Thanks for watching today's show here on Sports Talk Chicago. Big thank you to John Meadows directing and producing and all of you for tuning in here today. Subscribe to the channel for more Bears content. Hit us up all over on social at Sports Talk Chicago and support our sponsor, Amish Country Farms. So long, everyone.